everybody, we are back together in person for our first post-race edition of the Teardown for 2023. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm sitting here with Jordan Bianchi. We are overlooking the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. I had to do this podcast without you last year. We did it on Zoom. We did. And I was like, man, I wish you were here. And now you're here. What do you think of this thing? This is cool. Like, it is really, really cool. When you walk in, it, it, it you're like memorized like one you, you the history here is incredible you know the olympics you know usc all of the stuff right and then you look in here and you're like they built the damn racetrack and the racetrack doesn't look temporary it looks like it it looks like they just perfectly placed it in here you know as it should be it, it's beautiful it really truly is it doesn't look like a football stadium it looks I gave the analogy the other day. It feels like something out of a video game. It looks like it. It is perfect. It is wonderful. I love it. You know, when we're sitting up here on the top level, pretty much, you know, yeah. um, looking down on it right now, and they're 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 tearing it apart already, which is uh, yeah. which is crazy. To think about um, they've got all of like turn four gone. The, all the turn four walls are on the inside are gone. It's crazy how fast they. I mean, but they have to get out of here. But they it, just but, rolled in the flatbed to pick all the walls up too. By the way. But like you said, I mean, you're, we're looking on it right here, yeah. and it looks like it was a racetrack yeah. with a stadium built around it. Exactly. It doesn't look like, no. okay, they had to wedge this no, in here it doesn't and all look, that stuff. It doesn't you know? look herky-jerky or, you know, like thrown together yeah. or, take, you know, just kind of what thrown together kind of thing. It looks like it was, they built the racetrack, and then they built the stadium around it. Like, this is cool. And, and part of me thinks, like, why wasn't this done sooner? Like, somewhere, why didn't, and, and I guess you could say maybe Bristol to some degree. But that doesn't have this feel to it. And it's like, this is damn cool. Like in NASCAR's heyday, how did not someone not think, like, we should do a stadium like this? You know, I think I think it's, it, well, first of all, I mean, if you go back even a year ago, coming into this race, there was a lot of questions, like, could the cars even get around the track? Would well, the, the track, track last? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Would it hold up? Would it not fall apart? I mean, you know, drivers were rehashing sort of their, their thoughts on last year, this year. And talking about, oh, yeah, last year when I came here, I thought it was going to be a disaster. You know, I thought it was going to be and I couldn't have been more wrong. And, and uh, you know, I think, look, year two, um, we saw a different race, right? We saw 16 cautions versus five cautions. <laughs> yeah. And um, but, the, uh, you know, that was not anything to do with the track itself necessarily. That was but, all about drivers being just overly aggressive at times or. Hard. Well, I mean, what the driver said was, OK, so last year and and. You know, Kyle Busch pointed to Truex, Truex as an example. Yeah. I mean, it was the first race with the next-gen car, and you had some cars that could not get around the track. No. I mean, Truex was talking about he was the worst car here except for the non-chartered yeah, He needed a provisional cars. to get in. Yeah, he needed a provisional. Uh, he spun out by himself trying to make one pass. They had no – everything – there's no baseline setups. You kind of went in here blind off of whatever you could do in the Sims, but you had no idea really what you're doing in the Sims. And it was, and you had little bit of practice. You really couldn't do much. So it was just everybody was flying blind in here. And some people hit on it. Other people, like Truex, did not. So Kyle and, and Austin Dillon and, and, uh, and some others were saying that basically the lack of bad cars this year yeah. in the show, the, 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 the ones who made it were so competitive, the only way you could really pass on a little yep. short quarter-mile track like this was to bump each other and knock each other out of the way. And especially on restarts, everybody was bumping everybody. And that was just what everybody had to do, essentially. I mean, yeah. that was and, – and so, obviously, you know, once it, once it would get going a little bit, I think it was fine. Once like the you got past the, the initial laps of the restarts, right. they usually tend to flare out. The other thing I think it's important to add, three more cars from last year, which, you know, you did hit traffic a little sooner. Um, and, and I did hear some drivers and teams, people tell me this. Like, you last year, you get 
literally teams coming here saying we need to protect this car because we don't have the parts and pieces to fix it. We need to race smart, and we're not here to beat and bang. We we're going to be racing this car in two weeks or three weeks at Fontana. You know, and we're bringing this car to backup at Daytona. Like we can't afford to leave here with a wrecked race car. And Kyle Larson made a point that last year nobody knew how durable these cars actually were. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. Point. You know, like nobody had really tried to bump each other, right? And and you know, you saw tonight. Um, they all they all know. They now. all know. I mean, they knew. They, they didn't last care. Last year taught them, right? Yeah. And and I mean, you know, Kyle Busch made a point, and and Larson, they both kind of said the same thing in, in different parts of the press conference that. Um, you know, with these old cars, if you would try to do this, everybody, he, you know, Kyle Busch said half the field would have been in the infield with a, a broken radiator, a, a sure. radiator that would have been damaged or would have been fluid all over the track. And then, although Kyle Busch said, well, maybe that wouldn't have been such a bad thing with this group tonight. But, um, it would have whittled down the field a little bit. Yeah, yeah it, it, would have, it would have narrowed things down. But, you know, uh, this car is durable. And the, and the guys were talking again about the violent headshots they were getting. Um, which is not something that I it's going to be a storyline to follow for sure. Yes, yes, especially on a low speed track like this. But they were talking about every restart. You know, their head was just flying up and rocketing back, because then they hit the person in front of them, and they were talking about how much their heads were bouncing off the headrest. So, which is, well, if we go back, and I don't mean to harp on this, but that is how there were some head injuries last year. Right, it was when the driver's head snapped back and they hit their seat. So something yeah. to watch. I mean, we're, we'll obviously. You know, there's no race next week, so that's a good. Like, if, if somebody did come out of here with a concussion, we might not hear about it. You know, like I don't know if that would put them out of the Daytona 500. If it if it was a mild, mild one or a minor one, you don't know. But I mean, Larson sat there in the press conference. He's like, I, I personally don't have a headache right now, but I could definitely see why somebody would or yeah. somebody could. Um, Bubba Wallace, you you know, he had a radio chatter at one point in the race, saying, you know, to NASCAR, like, hey, this is this hurts just as bad as last year. Now. Yeah, they obviously worked on the rear bumper, and this will be a storyline we follow all year. But it's a little bit concerning that you know in this first race, sure. you did hear some of that again. So, um, but yeah, there's so many storylines, lots to talk about. I mean, I, I don't even really know where to start, but I guess we should start with the winner, Martin Truex Jr., um, a guy that we did not talk about winning a race last year at all because um, he didn't. And uh, you know, we're like, man, what what is up with this guy? And and you know, he's talking about retirement and um you know he he's able to come right out in this first this first uh epi episode this first race event um and you know get it done now it, it doesn't mean anything for the regular season right like it's there's no oh. playoff berth there's no points joy legato may say differently though yeah i mean uh, that that's true he won last year's race when won the title but you know at the same time i think that you can say okay well number one truex had a car that could pass on a short track truex was fast on a short track um, Toyotas, Toyotas in general, were fast on a short track, right? I mean, um, Bubba Wallace had a really, really good car. Danny Hamlin Denny was up Hamlin there for a while until he got shuffled back. Bubba shuffled him out. And then <laughs> Tyler Reddick was making moves for a while. Chris Bell was faster. I mean, they were up and down. They were quick. Yeah. Um, and then, so, you know, you could point to them as a whole. I think you could take away from this that, you know, Ryan Priest was also really fast until he had a fuel pump issue. We'll talk about him. That's, that's yeah. a heck of a story. Um, and the RCR teammates the rcr duo um they finished second and third just as they did last year except flip-flop then they weren't teammates last year um but so yeah i mean that's uh that's something to to you know all, all noteworthy things uh, we don't know what it means 
yet, but let's talk about Truex first. What do you yeah. think that means for him? I think it's confidence, and I think his crew chief, James Small, hit on it. He said, I've seen a different Martin Truex Jr. this offseason. And we asked Martin Truex, what did that mean? He goes, I'm mad. Like, I, we didn't win a race last year. We, we didn't perform up to our standards. I get tired of the, the narrative, like, Martin had a bad year last year. He, I mean, he didn't win a race. There's no denying that. But I've said before, like, we went through this. He could have won four or five races last year. They, they, they shot themselves in the foot a lot. They made some mistakes that they just shouldn't make. They also had really bad luck. And they were a good performing race team. They finished top five in the regular season points. and they, But they didn't win a race. And for a driver of that caliber, at this point in your career, it's all about winning. And they didn't do that. So there was something to prove. I, I don't care what they say. I think it did matter winning this race of just proving to themselves of, hey, we can still do this. We can still be a team that can come out here and have a – and all of the chaos that was going on tonight, the one driver, one of the drivers who didn't have any issues tonight was Truex. Drove a relatively clean race, didn't get too up, mixed up into things, and kept it clean. And he came out of here and he said, you know what, look, we're still that team. We're still a team to be reckoned with. And the short, the issues we had in short tracks, oh, by the way, we've resolved that. And so I think that is that means something. That's confidence for a team that you know had a reason not to be confident. Well, I mean, you could tell in the press conference, Truex says, you know, I woke up this morning thinking, man, today's going to suck because he was going to start sixth in his heat, um, only the top five make it, you know, but he's thinking it's it's really hard to pass on this track. And even if we make it to fifth and, you know, advance, um, you know, we're going to be starting 20th or whatever, and it's just going to be a long night. And instead, he drives all the way up to the front of his heat and wins it. And he's like, okay, we have a good car, you know. Um he was fast in practice as well, but so, you know, that, that's the, the confidence right there. Right. And, and even James small, it was thinking, you know, during the race watching it, like, Oh, here we go again. Like he was waiting for something bad to happen and it didn't. So I think just when you can make it through a day and things don't happen that are bad and you don't have the piano fall out of the sky and land on your head and you go, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe this is a different year. Maybe this does turn the corner. Um, so I think there's a lot to be said for that, right? I mean, it, again, you you can't quantify it. You can't say, well, he's done this, so now he's going to be in the playoffs or whatever. But the confidence boost has to mean something. Yeah, so. I, th- I agree. And I think that at his age, and I hate to say that Martin Truex Jr. is old, but it's, it's fair, though. I mean, he's over 40, and that's when we've seen drivers slip. And when you come off a winless season – Fairly or not, there is going to be that cloud hanging over you of, well, you know, are you past your prime? Do you still have it, right? And, again, this is a points race and exhibition, not non-points race in this exhibition, but at least it helps kind of squelch that narrative a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think it was it was going to be interesting because um, I I thought on the, there was that late restart where Kyle Busch, you know, he had gotten spun. He starts in the back. He comes all the way back up to the field. And then with the choose rule, his teammate Austin Dillon took the bottom behind Truex. Kyle Busch is starting on the outside <laughs> next to Truex. And I'm thinking, wow, Kyle Busch, he's going to be on a mission. He wants to beat a JGR car for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's also his the one teammate, the one pair of teammates that consistently over the years got along the best at Joe Gibbs Racing were Truex and Kyle Busch. I don't know how well known that is, but yeah. they, they raced never very well together. Yeah. Um, you know, Denny and Kyle, I'm not saying they raced bad, but they never, they didn't, they were different people. And they had some issues on the track too. I mean, that's, you know, it's no secret. 
Um, but consistently, Truex and Kyle Busch always sort of had like this connection that was different than the other teammates. And so I was like, well, is this going to last? And I asked Truex about it in the press conference, and he said he never even questioned it. And and they raced clean there. I mean, Kyle didn't do anything bad. You know, he, he tried to give it his best on the outside, couldn't do it, and then let his new teammate Austin Dillon say, hey, you know what, Austin's faster than me. I'm going to give him a shot. So Kyle ends up moving out of the way and says – to Austin Dillon, you go up there and try to get him. And, he, and neither of them could. But um, I just thought, wow, if there's going to be some fireworks, this could be interesting. And it, that it didn't. That wasn't the case then. I would have been interested to see if it would have been someone other than an RCR car restarting alongside Truex and then had Austin Dillon on the inside, how Austin Dillon maybe would approach that restart. I think he would have been probably even more aggressive. But you got to be careful of getting into Truex too much because he's going to wash up into your teammate and – knock him out it would have been interesting to because dylan was very aggressive all night he had the run-in with bubba wallace and they they went at it for a while so interesting dynamics but it's an interesting you know again i'm trying not to take too many broad takeaways from this because it's again it's an exhibition but kyle certainly felt that seemed at home and uh an rcr car tonight ran well and had a, had a good weekend and seems like he's fit in well over there and it, it's got to help them it was a good start. It was interesting, and he got his first taste of Richard Childress <laughs> that sort was, of egging him on. Which I don't know if you, if you like. I heard that radio because I tweeted that out. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing that Richard's doing that because I don't know if Kyle really needs to be waved like a red flag in front of him. Like, go get him. Yeah, Childress is always like Childress gets mad just as, oh, as a driver would, yeah. and and he always tells his drivers basically to go wreck the person. <laughs> you know, Kyle said his reaction afterwards was like, well, "What do you what do you want me to do?" Like he, you know. Richard I, wants you to go wreck him, yeah, Kyle. That is I mean, what he wants you to do. Kyle had the cooler head there, but he he thought it was he seemed kind of amused by it. Um, I think so. the radio chatter and the uh, number eighteen this year is going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be fun because he said nobody, you know, Joe Gibbs never got on the radio. Yeah, um, he said maybe somebody broke his radio button so that he couldn't talk to Kyle during races. But um, I, I think it's that that was a good, you know, it's a positive start for Kyle Busch, right? We've yep. talked about a lot about uh, the momentum early in the season. How are they going to? How are they going to do? How are they going to come out? And he, like, if he was pressing, right, like when he spun out and went had to go to the back, that could have been, like, the bad moment for Kyle Busch. Yeah, he right? didn't like, rant on the radio. Like, I listened. He was very, he was very quiet. And he just worked his way back up worked there. Worked his way up. Passing dudes on the outside, which is not an easy thing to do on this track. And, you know, ultimately he had a chance to win a race. He said... He does owe Logano one, and he says he owes him many, though. He says, so add another one to the list. But I feel like that's um, bubbling. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, well, that's always there. It's always yeah, there. Yeah, but I just them. feel, I don't know. Like Take he, the Vegas fight video away all back then. And, yeah, it's um, right, your famous video. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they just, you know, they don't see eye to eye. But, um, and Logano and, and Bob Pockers' video took complete yeah, uh, he owned it. blame and, and just said, you know, yeah, I, I got in there too hard. It was my fault. But, you know, Kyle doesn't care about hearing that, but, um, you know, I, I think what, you know, we're, we've been sitting here talking this first part about what, what, what would carry over, uh, or what can we can take for the rest of the season? I think what would be interesting is what will these, what, if any of these feuds will carry over? Like, you know, we saw another Chastain, Denny Hamlin thing, you know, the, the Bubba Austin Dillon thing you mentioned, um, you know, the, the, at the end there, I mean, I, I hadn't seen it live, but you know, all of a sudden you look up and, and turns one and two after the checkered flag, Denny Hamlin spun around, um, William Byron spun around, Harvick's in there. And you're like, what? And then you see on the replay, Harvick had, or Byron had been knocking into Harvick. And then Harvick, after the checkered flag, just drives all the way through Byron and pushes him into Ham Hamlin and spins them both out. 
Um, so Harvick's not going to take any. Craps I am so ready for this Kevin Harvick. I don't <laughs> give a bleep tour. Like I am all for this. This is going to be great. So how much you know on on the beef tracker, so to speak, right? Like what what will what beef will carry over? Like I mean, you had the Chase Briscoe Almondinger thing from this weekend. I think that will carry over. That's just Bris, Briscoe's not going to forget that from practice. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I thought Denny Hamlin in another Bob video had a great thing of like. I think it was a Bob video. Maybe it wasn't. It was a Bob video, was yeah. It, yeah, like he said, like, listen, I gave like, you know, I probably, I gave people five, I gave like five guys, I shoved five guys out of the way and I got sho- five, shoved seven times. Like, I think you just come in here like this is an exhibition and it's a quarter mile racetrack that you know that you're going to get beat up. And I don't know if you, you, you know, I don't, I don't know if you carry over too much a little bit. So speaking of the carryover, um, you know, at least momentum wise, confidence wise, let's go back to Ryan priest for a minute. We mentioned him. Um, I was sitting there pretty convinced for a while that Ryan priest is going to win this race. I was like starting to almost write the story in my head a little bit mm-hmm. like, wow, here's a guy, you know, he replaces Cole Custer and we're all talking on this podcast. Like, I don't know. Is this really going to do anything? Is it, is is it an upgrade right move? Yeah. Is, is it, it like an just another, another yeah. parallel move? Is it an upgrade? Yeah. And then you see him tonight. You're Ooh. like, Oh Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this guy can this do. Is, yeah, right? he was making moves. Like, I mean, it was impressive. Like, he picked his way up through the field, and he had a sequence, and we wrote about it in the incident reaction piece on theathletic.com. And he's just like, he, he on that restart, like, on the outside of the restart tonight, you felt like you were just kind of like a sitting duck. Mm-hmm. But he hung with Bubba on the restart, who was leading, and then passed Bubba. And I was like, damn, that's... You had, like, an audible, like, gasp. Yeah, that, that was you impressive. Were like, wow. Yeah, like, I mean, you don't do it. He had another move, too, where he restarted on the outside... And then came down and moved to the inside and made this move. And I was like, whoa, like those are the moves. Like you're like, okay, this guy, that's, you know, you want to take away something from that? It's like, okay, you put Priest in a race car or a race car, like a good one. Like, okay, you're, you're selling me on this now. Right, right. It's so interesting, you know, we, as much as we talk about how much of NASCAR has to do with the car, right? And, and that is always a frequent thing. Like, you know, whatever the percentage is, you know, say it's, 80% car, 20% driver. But there's moments when you see stuff like what priest did and you go, that's the driver. That's, that's super impressive right there. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that, what, what I was going to say. And that's why short track, we love short tracks though. Right. Yeah. Like, you saw that tonight. Like Justin Haley was the fastest in qualifying. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you saw different examples of that. Todd Gillen put together a good run. Harrison Burton in his, you know, at one point was running well tonight in his qualifying race. And like you different moments that you're like, that guy's kind of doing this thing. And I think that's why we love short tracks. And as Tony Stewart kept saying on the Fox broadcast, you know, reminding people arrow doesn't matter. Arrow doesn't matter here. And how refreshing because as much as we hear about dirty air and you know, all this stuff, it's like, Oh, like, I mean, yes, it's a small track. Yes. It's a track that is conducive to people running each other over. So there's downsides too, right? Not saying it wasn't perfect. Too much, too many cautions. Like there, there can be an excessive, but I will say that like, and we're going to, I don't know, well, let's talk about it. Like there were 16 caution night. It was a yeah. lot, but that happens in short track racing at times. Like, well, it was just, it was really just that one period where it took like some of the drivers were saying like 45 minutes. To do and it was, it, and it made it worse too. You came out of the halftime break. So you had that, you had the down period there and everything. Yeah. But like, I'm telling like, we've seen races at Martinsville and it happens all the time there where it's caution after caution after caution. Like, so it's not just here it's not at the coliseum like it's a short tracks 
it's just, you know, it's a short track thing. And we've seen it at Bristol sometimes too in the day. But see, we haven't seen as much recently because the short tracks haven't been as good recently. That's, so you don't see point. like this outbreak of cautions, right? Like at least in cup, um, you see, you see uh, we did a couple of years ago at Martinsville, we had a rash of them, but you're right. I mean, like you're, you're right. We haven't had that kind of thing on a consistent basis. So I just, I'm not going to, I'm look, I'm not, not going to complain. It. No, I'm yeah. not going to complain. I'm yeah. not saying I, because yes, I, I've been known to like, be like, Oh, I don't like it when it turns into a clown show and caution fest and all that stuff. But I'm also someone who's been begging for more short tracks. So that being That's, the nature of that short is, tracks, you have to accept that. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, I didn't like that because no, I, I we don't have enough of this. Yeah, in my opinion, we don't have enough races like this. No, at least. and again, I don't um, want sixteen cautions every week. But no, I, do no, I want no, good no. racing? We had really good racing. You had guys. The you heats had, were great. You had passing. I mean, that's the thing. You had guys like we talk about short track packages. And again, I'm not saying that this is going to apply anywhere else. But you saw Kyle Busch go from the back to the front tonight. We had Martin Tricks Jr. make moves tonight. Like all sorts of guys were passing and making moves and and all of that stuff. We weren't talking about that in short tracks last year. Mm-hmm. We talked about it tonight. Like, this is good. And drivers made a difference tonight. And you had contact and all of that stuff. You had pissed off drivers and storylines and this and that. It's like, there's more short tracks, man. Like, this is good stuff. And again, you can we can talk about whether maybe you don't need 27 out there and you can knock some of the cars down. and Or you could put a rule out there like, hey, if you're involved in three incidents, sorry, you're done for the night. Like, different elements. And maybe that's a thing. But I'm not going to complain. Overall, this was a darn good race. And again, I I really do think it's worth reminding everybody, including myself, that okay, like you like let's say people want to complain about this race, okay? This race versus the alternative of the empty stands in Daytona with no atmosphere and just the whole field wrecking each other um, for the clash. What I was just you remember the last time they raced on the oval. Yeah, the Eric Clash. Jones one where literally like his car was held up together by duct tape and Denny Hamlin who was like two laps down or something or a lap yeah. down, was pushing him to the yeah, wind. That, that, was a, it, that was a wreck fest. It was a total joke. And so like it's just, and there was nobody there. Yeah. And so you take that and people are look, you know, I love the Wiz Khalifa concert. OK, like I was super, super into it. Um, it was great. And. Want more of that. You know, like I saw a lot of college kids into it. Now I saw a lot of people on Twitter who were not into it. That's fine. Um, People didn't like, you know, people people on Twitter want to take shots in every way at this race. Look at the stands. Look at the stands. Okay. I would say compared to last year's crowd, I don't know the numbers, but I would say maybe there was 5,000 people less, but there was still probably, I don't know, 45,000 people. I have no idea, but there was still a pretty healthy crowd. It was late arriving for sure. That's L.A., um, but it you know by the time night fell, I thought it was pretty decent. There was a lot of people here. I mean, going to the locker room, the we have our press conferences here in the USC locker room. We have to go down into the tunnel, and walking on the the outside concourse to try to get there, we were going against like it was like salmon trying to swim upstream. There were so many people. Um, there was a decent crowd here, and there was a lot of non, you know. From what I could tell, non NASCAR fans, so to speak, like people who were not wearing racing gear and sort of like not looking like your traditional fan with that, the, they, in, in that they didn't have like headsets with them or they didn't have, you know, the gear that most NASCAR fans bring to a race. And let's not pretend like the, the clash at Daytona was some kind of like they were packing them in and like you standing room only kind of crowd. It exactly. wasn't like that. Exactly. And, and nobody. I felt like nobody cared a lot, like on that Saturday night of the Sprint Unlimited or whatever. So 
anyway, my point is long-winded way of saying like, yes, you could take shots at this event and some of them are perfectly it's, valid. It's not, it okay? wasn't perfect. There's no, right. We're not saying it was. But the alternative of what it used to be, like, oh my gosh, this is like light years better. Like this is an event. This people cared about this, you know. Like there was there was an, there was an atmosphere. Yeah, to me, it's like okay, what what is your you're going to criticize this? Okay, then give me something that is going to make this better. How? Where are you going to move this to? North Wilkesboro. Well, let's, let's talk about it. What's what's so what's what's next for this year? Because we sat we sat here a year ago, and it was like, are they going to bring this back? Like, and there was sort of some momentum. You know, like, ah, maybe they could bring it back here another year. But so now it's two years in, you know, the crowd didn't grow. It was similar, but it didn't grow. It wasn't like this year was sold out or something. So do you dare try this again in exhibition form? You know, we learned this weekend that Fontana's not having uh, a point race next year. Um, maybe longer. We don't know. But th- this, we know that this will be the last two-mile race, uh, you know, the two-mile oval at Fontana coming up in a few weeks. And then they will be doing some renovation project of some kind that's not – we don't really know the plans There's yet. There's no timeline. There's no definitive right, timeline. Right. But we know that Auto Club Speedway President Dave Allen told us that there's no race – no, no matter, even in the most optimistic timeline There's for a renovation, no, yeah. there will not be a race at Fontana in 2024. So what do you do with the Southern California market? NASCAR has said the most, like by pure numbers, the most NASCAR fans of any market in the country are here in Los Angeles. Um, just by pure numbers. Obviously, there's like 20 million people here, so it's easy to have more NASCAR fans. But do you leave this market? Do you come back here just for an exhibition do you try to do a points race of some kind i mean irwindale's uh 30 minutes away away. kern county is an hour and a half kern county that's really far away irwindale's not far away though no but i i say kern county the the irwindale and kern county were the two tracks have been thrown out there okay oh hey if you're gonna like it was very popular sentiment on on, on social media over the weekend if you're gonna race in southern california you don't need to come to you don't need to come to the coliseum you can race it there's two great short tracks that already exist well, I, I mean, the Kern County one, I mean, it's pretty new, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess the infrastructure is not going to be there for you. You'd have to bring in temporary seats, even for Irwindale. Um, but Irwindale would be that would be pretty sick, honestly. Like people in Southern California love that track. Um, it is close to major highways. However, that doesn't really serve the like it's it's still out of L.A. It's not it's not down. You know, this is downtown. That's a knock right, on Fontana. Right. Like, right. Fontana's not L.A. I mean, Irwindale's almost halfway between here and Fontana. So Irwindale's much closer. Sure. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you try uh, Long Beach Grand Prix? Do you try to run the Long Beach Grand Prix you course? Can't. You got the Honda. Honda's not going to allow that. Well, you could do it like another week. Uh, could you, you got to work week? with the city. I don't know Good what luck. you do. Laguna Seca? No, I mean, it's too narrow. I mean, they, asked, they did a Winston West race back there and like way back when. I think Bobby Allison won it. I mean, you don't. I, I wouldn't want to trade a stadium race for a or no. an oval race for another road course anyway. No, we're good there. But so, so what do you do? I guess that's that's the question. You hear a lot about this from NASCAR is like instead of trying to get people to come to the racetrack, we're going to bring the racetrack to the people, right? Whether it's Chicago Street Course, even the National Fairgrounds to an extent. This is 
minutes from downtown LA. It is in the heart of LA. I, I would be very disappointed if you took this race and you decided to move it to Irwindale or somewhere else in the Southern California market because we saw tonight, we saw last year, that this track can be good. It can be competitive. It can put on a good show. It can give you the kind of racing that people have been sitting here on social media for years screaming about saying, we want more short tracks. Right, but you, as you pointed out to Martin Truex Jr., um, and I know you're writing a column about this on The Athletic, and we'll go into it for much more detail than we're going to on the podcast, but you're you're talking about a points race. That's fine. How, how would you do a points race at this little place? Okay, you got so you do heats. So let's say you start 27 cars. Just That's the same number they started tonight, right? You do all your heats and everything out. So whoever doesn't qualify for the heats or qualify for the main event is going to get credited for finishing 28. So they'll still get points awarded for in the championship. So it's not like they're going to take a big points hit if they don't qualify for the main event. Secondly, we've already have a race on the schedule where you talk, we don't have live pit stops because that's the one thing I've heard. Oh, we got to have pit stops, right? Well, guess what? Bristol Dirt doesn't have live pit stops. They changed the format for that where you don't need live pit stops. You can do a 150-lap race here with a halftime break at lap 75. You can work the stages however you want. Don't you can't have a halftime break for a points race. That's fine. Though. That's But you can set up the stages where you can have the stage at the first be at 40 and then it, you you can set up the stages however you want have a 150 lap race and you can have a, that happen and it's fine it would be just fine you ran in the 80s they ran at martinsville with tw- less than 30 cars i don't know man i i just i think one of the things that has worked so well about this is that the drivers are mostly in a good mood, shrug your shoulders, like, hey, it's an exhibition. Like, they get it, right? And the crazy racing or, you know, the, the physical racing, it's an exhibition, right? And and they're in a good mood. It's the start of the season. It doesn't, you know, Chase Elliott, for instance, right? He ran terrible tonight. He was a total non-factor. Like, it was just a bad, he was getting lapped. But he's going to be able to just be like, all right, well, whatever. It just, we had a bad it had no points, no impact on the season. We're going to Daytona. That's it, right? But if this were a points race and, and you had the physical nature of this, um, I, I, I just Isn't think... is that what people want, though? Like, they sit there and talk about how Bristol's great and Martinsville's great because you're, you've got physical hard racing. Like, that's what you want. And but I think for your points races, it... I do want to see more... I, I guess, okay, if this was, had been a points race and there was that many cautions tonight... And there was that much like, okay, this is just getting a little bit crazy. I think I wouldn't be as, it, it would be harder to like embrace it, I guess. Just being like, ah, that would, because for a points race, you're like, but this, I will, this okay, has to go with our okay, championship. I, I understand that. But I let me throw this at you. You could argue that you had 16 cautions tonight because this wasn't a points race. And guys could be as aggressive as they want to because they had nothing to lose. And they knew that if they went, they die bombed in turn one and racked, it wasn't going to hurt them in their championship hopes. Yeah, but I that's, everybody you can't argue that. doing that to everybody. So I don't know that... The aggressiveness was off the charts, partly because this was a non-points race. Like, you could be as aggressive as you want to with no consequence tonight. Well, we'll see. I mean... Yeah, and, and I'll but, say this. The idea of starting your season at Daytona with the Daytona 500. You Here's an idea. You take the clash. And I was talking to a couple people about the possibility of this, right? Like, you take your clash... 
you're going to move it somewhere else next year. Maybe you want to go to a different stadium. Well, that stadium might be in a, a cold weather climate. Maybe you do it sometime in the summer, you know, like a July or August or something, right? And you so do you, the clash in the summer. You do the clash in the summer, non-points race, somewhere else, somewhere, try it somewhere else, right? You start your season with the Daytona 500, right? The Super Bowl stock car racing, you know, blah, 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 all that. And then all of that momentum and excitement from Daytona carries over to this in the second biggest media market in the country, right in the smack dab of it, with a race that is more than likely going to generate hurt feelings and excitement. That's a heck of a one-two punch to start your year. So you're saying you have two stadium races, but the actual clash race is the is some other stadium somewhere else. Yep. And that's maybe when you go to like, okay, well, we, now we take it overseas or do a different However you want to go, wherever yeah. you want to go. We don't want to speculate, but that is an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a heck of a start. You can't argue. Like, that would be a great way to start the year. I guess I guess my just my holdup is on the consistency of formats. Um, we've already, like, we've already, like, just this week or last week, they've already... Like, we've already had a different format at Bristol for dirt, right? Well, this, I don't like that. I, I understand that. I don't know if you've ever heard that. I did not hear that. Is that true? <laughs> That's news, right? But just this week, or last week, they announced that, guess what? We're getting rid of stage breaks on road courses. Right, like, we've right. already already opened that box, you know? So yeah, like, but I mean, pit stops... Uh, you already have got a race re- with no pit stops... You already have a race with no pit stops. Again, not what, a fan. What, so... I don't know. And that's I'm, dirt. You've got 34 other. That's that. You, Martin Truex Jr. said that too. Said it's dirt. What the hell does that mean? Like I got it. It's dirt. What does that mean? Because that's a dirt race, so you can't have. You can't come down pit short road track and, series throughout the country. Race without pit stops. 300 laps of the Snowball Derby. They do it without live pit stops. But they still have a full field for Bristol Dirt Race too. Yeah, and that's fine, and that's an argument. And, but I will say at Eldora, when they ran the trucks, they didn't run full field there. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I get it. I'm listen. I am not saying that. I'm I think there's trying, just a lot of things that you would have to satisfy the garage and satisfy the competitors. Two races. So Bristol Dirt and this. It's two races out yeah. of 36. You'd have 34 races where you could have your pit stops. It goes back to what Denny Hamlin said to me last year at Kansas, and I thought it was a really, really great quote because he's talking about North Wilkesboro, and I think it applies to different things in general. It's like you can go back to a North Wilkesboro, and it's old and rustic, and it doesn't maybe have all the bells and whistles that you want in your tracks. That's okay because you can do that a little bit when you've got 36 races. Do you want all of your races like that? Hell no. Well, I, I agree with that. So I mean, a little I, bit of, I'm, you know. Yeah, but I think, I don't know. I, again, I would almost not, rather. This is not a, can I just say this too? This is not a long-term thing. This is a one-year, maybe two at the most, stopgap until Fontana's back. Can I, can I ask you this? Please. Why do you have to replace a points race? Why can't you have another exhibition and have it do something See, else me, that's, that's fun? That's just a waste. Like it's Why? Like, this was fun. How many exhibitions do you need? Like have them race for something. Like have them give them something meaningful in the in the championship. This wasn't meaningful. No, it doesn't carry anything. It doesn't mean anything. Meant, Joey Logano said this weekend that last year's win was one of the biggest wins of his career. Sure, and it that, meant nothing. Okay, that's great. That was year one at the class. I just don't think in the grand scheme of things, people are going to Eric Jones winning the Clash of Daytona. That's because that was the crap clash. Let's see if this resonates. You know, Martin Truex Jr. tonight wasn't emotional because, oh, my God, I won the clash at the Coliseum. He was emotional because he won. And so I, I don't need more exhibitions. I want less exhibitions. But I with, mean, honestly, here's I would, the thing about exhibitions. With exhibitions, you can do all sorts of fun formats or crazy sure, formats or got, heats or eliminations. Or, do, we've already got two on the schedule. That's 
probably one more than you actually need, honestly. I'd rather I'd rather cut a couple points races and have more exhibitions if it if it meant Ugh. trying stuff that was really fun or unique or different. You know, I don't know. I guess not. You're not buying it. But. No, I, I'm not. I think I look at it like golf. Like golf, you can do. I understand the integrity of the championship and everything, right? You, you know, that's fine. But again, you got 36. You can have different events. You know, World of Allahs, right? They, you know, they do different things, and some races are longer than others, and some, you know, long, some they go three straight race weekends at a race at a racetrack. Like you can just be different and be, you know, you have eliminations, and I'm okay with that. Like you've you've got all this opportunity and bandwidth. Like experiment a little bit. It's you don't have to have 36 races be exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I, one thing I really do like is the elimination aspect of it and having heat races mean something. Agreed. I think that's a really, really fun storyline. And, you know, there was so, so much sort of like hesitation over that, about that over the years, because people were like, well, the sponsors aren't going to get enough of their, their time and, you know, their airtime. But I think if you do it on the same day and it's part of the same, like, okay, the RFK racing cars didn't make it today. Right. Didn't make the big that show. sucks for them. It does. And they had a, you know, on Keselowski's car, it was the King's Hawaiian Rolls, which their factory is right down in Carson. I didn't realize not, this, by the way. You told me this today. I was yeah, very it's not, not far away. So that's basically a home race for them, right? So they wanted to make it. They didn't. But I, if, I'm if i sure they had guests out here, right? They were still here. They still saw their car on the track. They still got to experience the day. Brad was still they on didn't TV make a bunch. The, basically the long half of the race, the big race. But they were here. They raced. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like you're totally shafting some sponsors or whatever it is um and and just the fact that okay we are sending somebody home this means something this transfer spot. there's consequences yeah i That's like why that i don't want exhibitions like there's consequences there's something tangible like there's stakes when there's stakes when people are invested in something it means something a little bit more and it makes people i, I believe that it makes a sports fan want to watch it people don't really watch nfl preseason games because they don't mean anything and you know that you don't care and I feel it's the same way. Like you give something racing for something that matters in the grand scheme of things. I think that you'll get them invested more. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it mattered to them plenty today, the drivers, but I mean, I think, I, I guess if, if it goes this direction, it, it, it will be up to NASCAR to try to figure out a way again, that presents it to the garage that they all feel positive about. Because if you go to the garage right now, like this has been, people have generally liked this event. I think, the way the racing went today might have soured some people, but it's pretty much been positive vibes. And last year was all hundred percent positive vibes. Right. So, um, you know, and that's, that's part of the success of the event too. The, you know, when you have the competitors invested in it and the teams invested in it and they're like, Hey, this is cool. I like being here. I want to do this. I want to come back. And they talk positively about it. I think that helps sell it to the fans. Um, obviously some people are going to hate it no matter what, but I don't know. I just, you know, it's, it's going to be a really tough, interesting decision. And a year from now, when we're sitting somewhere talking about whatever the clash may be, that will be fascinating to see what NASCAR has decided to do with it. I do think it speaks volumes, though, that we're sitting here talking about this, saying it shouldn't be eliminated. We're talking about it. Should it be a points race or should it continue in its current form? And we're not saying, let's just do away with this completely. You mean at the LA yeah, version? Yeah, because that speaks, that goes back to when we started the podcast, which was like a year ago. We, we didn't know. And now... I, I think it's a win to be in in this city and this close to the city. 100%. And, it's great. 
I think it's I think it's a big positive for NASCAR. It's huge. And and you could move it somewhere else for sure, but are you gonna get the same punch that you're getting with no. this? I mean you you probably had more and again, look, I get that you can't measure NASCAR races in terms of celebrities, right? But you probably had more celebrities here today than you're gonna get for Daytona five hundred. Well, actually I'm almost positive that will be the case. Um so to have that kind of star power come out. And again, people go, well, who cares? Well, each of those people is talking about NASCAR to their segment of social media followers. Oh, this person has 3 million. This person has 9 million. This person has 16 million. Um, and you're, if you're trying to reach a new audience, look at the, I mean, those shots of the college kids during the concert who were like super into it, what was happening, right? Like I would guess like, that a lot of those college kids have never been to an NASCAR race before, right? And they're like, oh, this is fun. Like, they were having a good time. I don't know how into the racing they were. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. They were into the drinking. They were into probably seeing some crashes. I don't know if they got bored with cautions, but the DJs were playing uh, during the cautions. You know, you see Wiz Khalifa. You see Cypress Hill, though. A couple of younger people that tweet up today said, I don't even know who Cypress Hill is. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that probably doesn't. Yeah, I know. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, this is about trying to reach a new audience as the Chicago street races. Um, I think that's, this is a good place to be. I, I would be bummed, I guess. I would be sad if they said, ah, oh, you know what? We're going to move this to, I don't know, whatever other stadium, um, and not come back here. Cause I think it's cool. I mean, this Coliseum's cool. I don't know. I'm a positive mood. Uh, with so this would, race, I, I like this race. So you like this as much as Bristol Dirt? I mean, it's close. I mean, nothing will ever quite get to that level, but... I know it's hard for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah, come I mean, to Bristol Dirt this year? No. I, I will. The likelihood of me going to Bristol Dirt is the likelihood of you like getting off like dating apps and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think... But this is probably a good city for that. Yeah, I mean, it's a numbers game. It's a numbers yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, there's more people in the city, the better opportunity you have to... You'll be doing some swiping? I did not do any swiping this weekend. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I, I heard something about that. <laughs> I, I bet you did. What'd you hear, Jeff? I heard that you you have a cut and paste method. Yeah, well, it's like anything, right? You get in the same conversation with a bunch of people. Like, if you talk to 10 people and you have the same conversation with all 10, like on a text, right? Why would I not just copy and paste the responses back and forth? It saves time. So like, so sometimes when you're texting me about something, it's a copy and paste of something you already I don't have the same, no, because I don't really have the same conversation. You know, with conversations we have are pretty unique. Like, you know, they're pretty Oh, special. but the conversations you might have with somebody on a dating app, you're, you copy well, and paste? it's usually the general like, how are you? What do you do? What do you like? To, what are your interests? You know? So you just cop, copy and paste? I, I it, it makes it easy. It's a time saver. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, what do you like to do? Where, where do you Shouldn't go? Shouldn't that be something that you do invest your time in? No. I don't have time for that. Just, boom, copy, don't. Where, what do you like to do? Boom, copy, paste, this, here it is, list. You know, why aren't you married? Here's the reasons. <laughs> What's your longest relationship? Boom, here's the, re, you know, here's the, here's my dating history. Do you have this somewhere in a file on your phone that's like, okay, no, there's this question. I'm scrolling down to number 20 and, you know. Please direct all questions to my attorney. <laughs> Wow. But yeah, it just saves time. You don't sit there and pound out things. You know, same thing. It's like boring. It's like, all right, it's cool. I got enough time. I can do something else. Okay. 
Well, I don't want to see the, the clash copy and pasted uh, <laughs> because I think it's a unique event here and it should be, let's, let's keep it how it is here. You can try to recreate it somewhere else, but don't just copy and paste. That's my view. I think it'd be really hard. I think the atmosphere, like your point, I think that the atmosphere here is great. The weather's great. Like it's, it's going to be really hard to move this somewhere else. And you, you do have to, I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier, which is if you look at moving this event and trying an exhibition in another market, you are really going to have to try to do it in the summertime almost because there aren't too many options at this time of the year. There just aren't. And so if you're going to go into a stadium, all right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Cause we've been talking about what could they do or yeah. thinking about through. Okay. What's your, what's your prediction for what they will do? Cause like, you know, well, Ben Kennedy is an outside the box thinker to even come up with this. Concept. What they're going to do with this clash, I think it stays here for, I think it come back for year three. I think there's enough momentum. The, the attendance was close enough to what it was. There's enough momentum. The racing was good. I think they come back for year three. I will say this with the caveat. As you said, Ben is very much open-minded. And the things that they have come up with, whether it's Chicago, whether it's here, whether it's North Wilkesboro, like there are things happening that we never thought were going to happen. So who knows? But there's a lot of momentum. They like this market. And I think the fact that Fontana is off the schedule is a huge thing because they do have a hole now in the Southern California market. So not only if you didn't come back here next year, you don't even have Fontana to lean on. You're gone completely. That's a huge void. And all of a sudden you're saying to your sponsors and everybody else, we're good about not racing in the second largest market at all. Well, and here's the problem I think that comes with that too. And I, it's probably implied on what you're saying, but I think let, let's say you don't race here for a year in, in the LA area, in the Southern California area. Um, it's not just like, okay, well we just didn't come this year. Cause you did that during the pandemic for places, right? That you couldn't get to, but you lose so much momentum with your fans because you've got to get your fans in the mode of, okay, well this is this time of year. We go to the NASCAR race this time of year. We spend, we budget to buy a ticket. We are used to going this time of year. If you don't have that place for them to go, then who's to say when you say, okay, we're ready. We're back. They're like, yeah, we didn't go last year. And I don't know. We didn't really miss it that much. And we went somewhere else or we did, we've spent our money somewhere else. You don't want to, you don't want to have that opportunity, right? So I largely agree with you. Like you kind of want to build that in, and people excited, and it's like a routine, right? But let me throw this out, and this is just kind of the other side of that: is absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? You know, go back to dating. Um, if you don't come here for a year or so, like when you do come back, does it make it more special? Like, hey, wow, that's pretty cool. I'll give you an example: like Nashville Super Speedway, like that track. Let's be honest, no one was really excited about that track when it was around. Right. But when they got people learned that it got a cup date, people were like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's cool. You know, it seems new and fresh. And no, no, you know, is there something to be said for saying, yeah, we're going to go away for a couple of years. But when we come back, it's going to feel like a bigger deal and you might miss us a little bit more and you might get some more people out because they're like, ah, you know, I haven't been there in a while. I want to check that out again. Mm. I mean, I see your point. I just don't think that you can really. I don't really think you can afford to do that because now, especially like this event, for instance, right? Like if this event, if the entire reason for this event was to try to develop new fans and reach out to new fans, and then you sort of pull the rug out from under them and say, oh yeah, like 
we wanted to tease you about NASCAR races and checking out more and like hype you up to check out more, but we're not going to be here for a while. Sorry. Like those new fans that you just worked so hard to get interested in your sport, they might not have that landing spot and they're not going to take the trip. They're not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to Phoenix or I'm going to Vegas. Cause like they are, okay. they're not into it enough. But yet, are they so. watching on TV then? I don't know. See, I mean, if I they're watching on TV, I don't know if they are. Yeah, that's the question. If they are watching. I'm t- talking about like the real casuals, like the real people who just like, like, who is this driver? Oh, hmm. yeah. Who's Chase Elliott? It's, and I don't really answer. Like, I, I tend to agree with you more in the sense that I, I don't want to abandon these kind of markets. Like, it is important to be here. It is important to be, whether you agree with it or not, the Chicago street course race is racing downtown. That's a big damn deal. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be great to see them race in New York City or thereabouts. Like, you need to be in these markets. And, Listen, we make a lot, a lot of jokes at Texas Motor Speedway's expense. Actually, not really jokes. It's just putting out the facts. It's track sucks. But, but as we said, the market, though, is too valuable to piss away. And you need to make sure that you have a racetrack in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, which is huge, that is worthy of it. Because you can't abandon that. And that's that's where we are afraid that's going to happen for that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm glad you almost spit up your drink there yeah <laughs> i mean i know she didn't disagree with me by the way you do make jokes where we do make jokes at their expense not just facts lots of jokes too a lot of facts okay lots of facts <laughs> so uh, anything else you want to talk about from the clash i'm, I'm getting kind of like uh i really don't want this to end because i'm i'm like really I've, I've really enjoyed this whole weekend like this was really fun i really enjoyed i'm, I'm so glad you got to come out here I was probably more excited um, to just see your reaction and your take. And and I really wish, I mean, look, I don't know if this will be back here again next year, but if for those who are listening and are NASCAR fans, this is such a different race experience than the normal weekly race that we go to, you know, the Kansas, the Pocono, Michigan, whatever, like those all, I mean, every race is unique in its own way, but they all sort of have their rhythm with the driver intros that are kind of done this way. And, you know, then you have the race and, you know, but this event is so different and so unique and it feels so special to me. Um, I just hope that if it does come back, I, I, I would like to see more like true NASCAR fans give it a chance. The only, so at the tweet up, um, I didn't get to ask everybody this question, but sort of a small, a smaller group had broken off. So there's probably about, 20 people standing around and I asked everybody if they were all from Southern California and everybody was except for one couple from Phoenix and two dudes from Chicago who flew here this morning and were flying back on a red eye tonight. Damn. So shout out to them. Wow. That was pretty That's impressive. Cool. Like, and they didn't even rent it. They Ubered. No um, hotel, no, no hotel, car, no just, rental car. Yeah. Just race, race tickets and airline tickets. Just flew to LAX uber to the race respect that and going back Good for them so um but everybody else is from southern california so this is not this is not a destination race essentially it didn't seem like um i didn't see people i wasn't like oh my gosh there's you who i see at martinsville yeah. you know what i'm saying so i would like to see more people like say hey like and, and maybe people are sort of wary of like i don't know if the race is going to be that good or whatever i mean maybe people are like i don't care about the concerts so they're not going to make the trip, but I just think it's, I think you have to experience it. Um, like you did. I mean, I'm sure it was different for you this year, seeing it 
okay, now I see how you it works. Really versus, don't you know, appreciate it until you walk in here and see what they did and how they constructed this, and then the backdrop, right? I mean, it sounds so cliche, and I'm not the most sentimental person in the world. You're not. I know you're shocked. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Just like you, you know, you don't love Bristol dirt. Um, I. But you get the Hollywood sign in the back, right? The mountains, like it's the city, like it's pretty, pretty, really cool. It's picturesque. It, it's beautiful. It, it just, it feels different than any other racetrack out there. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, what was one, one thing we didn't really talk about? I, I thought that there would be surely some differences in the track this year. Like they, the drivers. I say, thought so too. That was oh, my first you know question. What? Yeah, right. Like it would be like. Um, Hey, like, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, turn three, they made it a little bumpier this year. You know, the grip level seems different. Or, you know, there's a little, it seems like a little more banking or something. The drivers, I mean, largely said it was the exact same thing. Yeah. You couldn't tell any difference. It, it literally feels like, from the conversation I had, it felt like they just, like, lifted it out, put it somewhere, storage, and then brought it out of storage and plopped it right back on the field. Like, no, like, I can't believe that either. Because I asked Justin Haley that, and he's like, same track yeah I mean, right, like com- right completely dismissed it right and it's like yeah same track like okay like it's that's it's, that's pretty that's it's, impressive in itself i don't think they i mean and that goes back to like walking in here and seeing they did it like say what you want they did it they mm-hmm. built a functional good racetrack that has withstood with no issues like that's that's incredible yeah in a stadium that was built in 1923 <laughs> i mean yeah yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Um, well, anything else you want to talk about from the clash? Or I mean, we're, you know, I'm gonna my uh, top five column, which if you guys are new, like each week after the race, um, the next day, I write a column with five things, five thoughts from the weekend. So I'll have that. You're gonna have uh, a, a much deeper exploration of um, could this be a points race and, and quotes from various people and drivers about that. Um, so we'll have more to talk about from this, but um, just in terms of podcast conversation, anything else from? I think we hit it on everything. Okay. So here's our plan, everybody. Um, next week, uh, week from today is the Super Bowl, and uh, we're not going to do a podcast on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, we could do like a live podcast or watching the game, drinking. Uh, yeah, no, I, I probably won't even get to watch that much of the game with my kids there. And well, I'm sorry, what? I mean. You can't it's watch the Super Bowl. It's going to be in the middle of their bedtime, and I'm going to have to miss parts of the game, putting them in bed. And good you know. lord, that's are you serious? Yeah, this is what you're getting into when you're swiping on that dating app. By no, the way. no, 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 no. There's ways to prevent that, my friend. Oh, okay. you missed that day in health class. Oh, I see. <laughs> you seriously are going to miss the game because you? No, get, I'll see some of it, but like I, it'll be like okay, well, it's you know starting around dinner to their dinner time, and you know. Oh my god, that sounds miserable. No, I mean. It's just how it is. You don't get to do what you want all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a um, anyway, so two days after that or whatever, uh, we'll be heading to, day- to Daytona. So I-, I think what we were thinking is instead of trying to do some other off-season episode, why don't we resume the podcast uh, when we get to Daytona, maybe like um, on media day or after qualifying perhaps, Um maybe even after the duel, something like that. So our next episode will likely be some sort of like Daytona 500 preview or, or something that week, like maybe that Wednesday or Thursday before the 500, 
Oh, you don't. You don't no, I'm wondering. I'm trying to think how we could do it. I'm trying to think programming. Yeah. Well, anyway, on sometime on air production on meeting we're having here. Yes, and then uh, obviously the episode after that will be the Daytona 500 post race episode. So which will be like the last couple of years been like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> don't jinx us on that. Um, I'm not even joking. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, don't look for an episode next Sunday. Uh, we didn't forget. We just we'll, we'll have one during the week for you guys. And uh, and then we'll get, have one every week after the race for the rest of the year. You're really not going to watch the Super Bowl because of your damn kids? I'll watch what I can, but what am I supposed to do? You know, babysitter? Tell, just tell my wife, be like, oh, hey, like, I, I'm sorry. I'm watching the game. Like, you you can't. Like, you got to do what it by yourself. What about a babysitter? A babysitter? Yeah. Or, like, send them to your parents like to or something. come over while we're home? Or can't you, like, send them to your parents? Send the kids to my parents? Yeah. Well, don't they want to watch the game, too? I don't know. Do- Maybe. Doesn't everybody want to watch the game? Maybe they just spin it like, hey, this would be a great opportunity to spend time with your grandkids. I think they'd want to watch the game, too. Oh, my I mean, goodness. This gives me know. a headache. They might have a party. They might be having a party with their friends. You can't just play like, here, take them. Your old parents are more having a more fun social life than you are. Well, they didn't. I mean, they've already been through all this <laughs> with their kids. Anyway, keep swiping, Jordan. Keep copy and pasting. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time on The Teardown.